Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at ThunderJazz, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Just head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLE50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And welcome in everybody to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host Dylan Huntsinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and I am joined by my compadre, my compatriot, the Three Cone himself, the man that has hit a million views on his YouTube, Connor. How's it going, Cone? Uh, it's going good, man. Like you said. Uh, hit a million views on YouTube, which is exciting. Uh, best time in my crazy. channel's history, which is dope. It's crazy, bro. I can't <laughs> believe there were a million times where someone looked at one of my videos and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch that while I eat dinner or something like that." Like, I don't know, man. I've also had t- I've had a couple people tell me before that they use like they've watched my videos to sleep, which. <laughs> I think is a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. Um, but yeah, bro, it's, it's been crazy, man. Um, and now we're only like, like what, like two and a half, three and a half weeks away from the season. One, yeah, two, three. Something like that. Yeah. Like three and a half weeks at this point away from the season starting. This has been the longest off season of all time. Like I, it, I can't remember the last time basketball happened. Yeah, no, nah, it's been a while, man. And in terms of like, you know, people like falling asleep, it's definitely because your voice is so soothing, not because you're kind of. Thank you. Boring. Thank you. I appreciate it. I also post content pretty light. So people probably just see that like, I'm going to watch this and then they doze off either because of my boring or soothing voice or both. Either way, I'll take it. <laughs> well, you know, as I say many times, a little peep behind the curtain, we was actually supposed to record last night. And uh, speaking of being bored and being put to sleep, I was watching the Steelers Browns game, uh, waiting for my uh, my co-host to be ready, and they were ready, and I was catching Z's. <laughs> Woke I don't up like two me. hours later, and I was like, "Oh God, I hate myself." I don't blame you, bro. You're watching Mitch Trubisky throw the football. You know it's gonna happen. Uh, I actually had a friend who I'd been texting all throughout the game who had like a bet on, it was like like a power boost or something on FanDuel. And it was for like Najee and Chubb to each score a touchdown and the Steelers mm-hmm. to cover a spread of uh, plus 7.5. And <laughs> it was covered. And then the fumble happened on that weird play at the end. And he texted me, he's like, bro, the Steelers just, or the, yeah, the Steelers just lost me $200 Man. on his bet. So that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I woke up after the game 
ended and like you know at, at halftime this is this is not topic Steelers or topic Browns but I do I do just have to say at halftime I was like pleased with our performance I thought like you know despite the past couple of weeks we have moved the ball well we've taken shots downfield and I think we was up by one point at that point and I woke up and we scored a field goal and the Browns had scored like 17 extra points I was like okay cool <laughs> like what, what the heck happened uh, I had a buddy in fantasy who had Najee and was going against the Browns defense. And so that fumble, you know, the minus two Ooh, points for that. That's a, and then that's the a defense big hit. That's a fumble recovery and a touchdown. <laughs> nah, that's a killer. That's going to, that's going to put him out of it almost immediately. It oh my God. <laughs> it yeah, could literally be the difference. So, yeah, but you know, like, like, like we said, you know, this isn't top of thunder, top of Browns topic, uh, top of football at all. This is the top of thunder podcast. And, uh, we're finally having some news start to come our way in Thunderland. You know, uh, media day is this coming Monday. We're recording this on a Friday. So we're just a couple of days away from that. Um, Sam Presti spoke to the media and Thunder fans alike for almost two hours yesterday. And we're going to get to that. But first we're going to get to the news that dropped. I believe it was Wednesday and it was that Shea has a grade two MCL sprain. And, you know, Cone, I, I, you know, we all saw the tweet. I think it was Woj that put it out. And, you know, there wasn't a timetable with it or anything like that. So, like, the the first thought was just, like, basically like Murphy's Law. Like, everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Like, really, not again. Not us. We can't catch a break. Uh, Where was you when you saw the tweet, Cone? What was your reaction? I was in line to go into a uh, filming of um, the of I think it's called Late Night with Seth Meyers, his late night show. I'm oh, with nice. my girlfriend. Yeah, she managed to get us tickets. Um, so we were in line waiting to go into that. And I was only like 30 minutes away from not having my phone for a few hours. So it would have been because they don't they were it's like like basically like a like the Pentagon when you go in there, when you get onto like the actual studio set, if they like see you take your phone out, like they will immediately escort you out. So if wow. it had been like 30 minutes later, I would have missed it and then come out to it um, and see my phone blown up. And at that point, because a bunch of people were adding me in the tweet and I knew like the, like a grade two MCL sprain wasn't too bad. Like you would probably be fine. Um, but people were adding it in adding me in it like it was like an ACL or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so if I'd come out of the show and seen that, I probably would have thought like something horrific happened. And so I'm glad that I saw it before that. Uh, but yeah, the reaction was just like, why does this keep happening? Uh, of course, you know, Chet's injury and then Shay's injury just, you know, a few weeks later. Uh, I know Presley said in the conference that he's not sure if Shay will be ready for the start of the season. Fingers crossed that he is. And if not, then, you know, take some time to get healthy and be ready for the season. Like Presti said, it could be worse. It could have been during the season where he didn't get to actually play. Of course, this also brings up like the problem of, I mean, he's been in the gym all summer, so it's not that big of a deal, but Mm -hmm. you know, last season he came into the year after missing so much time with that foot injury and he started kind of slow and stuff like that. So part of me is worried now that it might take him a little bit to get back to where he usually was. And he was on fire to end the season. So it sucks to see another injury like this kind of potentially mess up his rhythm. Uh, fingers crossed that it won't. It didn't sound like it was that big of a deal. It sounded like it was just kind of a soreness type thing um, that it'll just take some time to heal. You know, of course, doesn't need any surgery or anything like that. So, you know, fingers crossed he's able to come back in 
a decent bit of time. Sucks that he's going to miss training camp and potentially the first game of the season, but it doesn't sound like it'll keep him out for more than like maybe the first few games of the year, if that. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, like, I just like, I didn't understand the context of grade two and sprain. I just saw MCL and like immediately, like, you know, like sirens just went off in my head. But okay, this, anything this with is not a, good. Anything with a CL just, yeah, it's terrifying. Any of those ligaments that, you know, if you're messing with the ligaments, like, I, I don't like it. I'm not a fan, but, um, yeah, I, I do think, and, you know, we're going to get into Presty's press conference here in a second, but, you know, kind of touching on his comments from, uh, what he said about Shea, I, I think Presty added <clears throat> some much needed context to that injury because, you know, a lot of people like their first reaction, whenever they see that they, they go, they Google it and they're like, okay, so like what's a timetable for recovery for grade two MCL sprain. And if you look at it on Google, I, I think it says like three to four weeks, um, five to six weeks, something like that. You know, there's a, there's a timetable in there, but uh, when Presty was asked, he was like, you know, that's it, it you know every person is different every person recovers differently like you know shay is like a high class athlete um so yeah his body's in better shape but also like he's requiring more from his body than you know the average person i think i think the way he put it was uh he's requiring more from his body than somebody on webmd is so mm-hmm. you know while the internet might say this Shay could be back because or you know quicker because you know the type of athlete he is, the type of shape he's in, but he could also have to take a little bit more time because of how much he requires of that MCL. So yeah, it's a uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Um I, I know that you know there there was much debate <laughs> on the timeline about how we should handle this. Um, you know, it became much more philosophical and which how the team is just handling, you know, tanking, rebuilding, whatever. But um, with Shea, I, I think the wisest course of action is, you know, like we said, there's different timetables. He can miss, he's, he's expected to miss all the train camp. Um, mm-hmm. He can miss the first couple of games. He can miss the first few games. Honestly, he can miss like the first couple of weeks. Like we don't, we just don't know, but, I think it's important that whatever, you know, the Thunder feel like Shea's going to miss, like they're going to be extremely cautious with him because you already got Chet Holmgren out for the year. Um, and Shea's like your franchise player. And as Presty also addressed later in the press conference, this isn't his first injury. This isn't his first lower body injury. And while he has addressed them saying that, you know, they're unrelated injuries, he doesn't think that it's a factor of durability, but you know, this, this is a thing that keeps happening. So, you know, once you get a lot of lower body injuries, then, you know, the, what, what am I trying to say? The structural integrity of your lower body starts to become compromised and, it could lead to some durability issues. So it's better to, you know, make sure that's fully recovered instead of try to push it, you know, a little bit quicker and damage yourself in the long run. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's all I got to say about it. So without further ado, man, let's, uh, let's get into this press conference because, you know, there's, there was some talk on Twitter from my, I don't even know the dude's at, he's a writer for the Knicks, Strickland Knicks film room, something like that. Uh, his name's Ritz or Rit, Riz. He had a lot of comments to say about Presty, basically saying everything he said was fluff. Like he used, uh, mm-hmm. I think he said uh, buzzwords 
in order mm-hmm. to excuse his tanking ways. But um, while Presty does wow the masses with his crazy vocabulary, he did have some stuff to say. We're going to talk about it in a segment we call Single Large Item. All right, Cohen, I've been talking way too long here in this little rant here, so I'm going to let you start, man. Uh, what was your first single large item from Presty's preseason press conference, famously not a post-game press conference, like I said mm-hmm. earlier? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was probably just the the stuff he said about Shea and Dort, you know, the whole... I, I, I tweet out the quote. I'm going to pull it up on my phone now so I get it right. Um, but basically, you know, he was asked about, like, people saying, like, oh, like, what do you have to say about all these writers saying, like, making all the rumors and, like, the things about, oh, maybe Shea could be the next star player moved. Like, could the mm-hmm. Knicks go for Shea? And he, the quote that he said was, we love Shea. You can't get long-term results. Well, he was talking about Shea and Dort. He said, we mm-hmm. love Shea. You can't get long-term results with short-term people. Neither of them, Dort and Shea, are, sh- are short-term people. And that's why we've made long-term commitments to them and later said, Shea has made a long-term commitment here. Also, you know, referring to Dort, too. So, you know, I think that just kind of once again goes matching everything that everything that Shea has said, where Shea has said, you know, I like I'm committed here. This is where I want to be and stuff like that. He obviously signed that long term extension. He knew what he was getting into with the rebuild and the situation. Sam Presti has reiterated it. And yet somehow people just don't understand it. Um, it continues to come up like like I see four different terrible trade Shea trades on my timeline like every single day um so it just it keep, keeps coming out like i'll see i saw some someone earlier that actually involved like uh jay crowder who's in the news right now because he tweeted out that he doesn't want to play for the suns anymore basically uh but he was thrown in this trade package by someone it was like jay crowder i think we got like cameron Payne back and like four first round picks for shea or something like that like oh was, was that the three teamer with the heat yeah, it was something. Oh, we got Duncan Robinson's contract. Yeah, yeah it was. It was a uh, yeah because we want to take on Duncan Robinson's uh, albatross contract for our franchise player, um, and also you know give him up to the Heat and the Suns, two teams that are very good right now. Um, so you know just trades like that. It's just you know as I can tweet about it all I want. I've tweeted about it. I've made YouTube videos about it. Just basically talking about why Shea's not going to get moved and stuff like that and. You know, people really don't pay attention to that. People continue to say what they're going to say. You know, people will also say stuff like, oh, like the Thunder are just like, like, like when Shea's injury came out saying stuff like, oh, like this is another like example of the Thunder trying to tank and stuff like that. It's just people just really don't understand what's going on in OKC mm-hmm. is kind of what I've accepted at this point. And it almost seemed like Sam Presti was exacerbated, like kind of by all of that. Like he he was like, you know, the only reason we're hearing Shea's name come up is because Donovan Mitchell just got traded and he was like the big trade target. And now all the news outlets need to get their clicks. So they're like, who's the next target? Who's the next person that we can like talk about in a small market to go to a big one or something like that? And, you know, he mentioned like, like people being like, oh, could Shea go to the Knicks? Because, you know, Donovan Mitchell was maybe going to go there and... You know, I think he has a lot of points there in that, you know, Shea is a guy that I think people are realizing. And I think people, a lot more people are going to realize that this season because I think he's going to have a phenomenal year, Mm -hmm. how good he is. And when you've got, you know, a franchise like the Knicks that, you know, didn't end up going for Donovan Mitchell the way that a lot of people thought they would end up with him. They're probably they're you know, Shea and the Knicks are going to be linked for a while now because Shea is like the next rising star on a team that's not very good at the moment, even though we're trying to get better. 
And, you know, there's not many other names out there other than like Lamella Ball, who I feel like could also get shoved into that with, the, I think the Hornets are going to be terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, it was kind of cool to see Sam Presti share our like, I don't know what the word for it is, just kind of share the struggle there and be like, yes, I have seen all the stuff. No, it is not true. Shea is here long-term. We see him as a long-term piece. Also some Thunder fans saying like, oh, Chet's hurt now. Now, like, do we have to trade Shea because now things are pushed back another year? Like just hearing Sam Presti say all that stuff was good. Uh, there was also one line that he said that he kind of like smirked after that I wanted to throw in here at the end. Like he was like, I, he knew he dropped a bar there. I don't remember what it was. I'm going to kind of... I'm going to look for it, um, mm-hmm. but I'll do that while you kind of bring up your point. Yeah. I mean, hey, Presti, Presti dropped a lot of, like, he he smashes those one-liners like it's crazy. Like, he's he's in, insanely quotable. But, yeah, I, uh, I I really enjoyed, you know, him just kind of giving us that peace of mind with Shay. Um, you know, really not telling us anything that we didn't already know. You know, we've heard from Shay, you know, say that, you know, he sees the vision, he's on board with the vision. Um, we haven't seen any indication of him being unhappy, of him asking out, anything like that. And, you know, even like if you want to say, oh, there's stuff going on behind the scenes, all you have to do is point at the contract, the contract that he signed a five year max with no player option. If you have one foot out the door, you were going to at least have a player option at the end of your contract. That's just like that's just business that's just, that's business in the nba so yeah i'm i'm glad presty kind of put that to bed um you know for the other nba fans even though they're just gonna take it you know a, as they want to and they're gonna continue throwing him in these stupid fake trades but at least you know he stands in solidarity solidarity with our suffering on that point um but i guess my first single large item and it kind of came when he was first talking about shay you know, he was basically saying that, you know, I would be shocked at this point if he didn't say, like, come out and say, like, if Shay was unhappy or Shay requested a trade, he basically was just, he kind of left it there and let it linger. And he was like, and, you know, we have to prepare ourselves for that because it's happened before. But, you know, if it's going to happen again, and then he stopped a little bit and he was like, I would feel like it's not an accident. I, I would feel like, you know, there's a, it, it's not a coincidence at that point. And what I think he was referring to, like, I, I'm, I'm misquoting the crap out of him. I, I'm not using the words he was using, but it was something along those lines. And I think what he was referring to was how the CBA has you know, in the past made it hard for us to keep our players. You know, first it was the Rose rule with Russell Westbrook. And then it was the caps, uh, cat spike, cat smoothing, whatever, uh, with Kevin Durant and, you know, not being able to retain him. So, you know, we all know that the CBA is coming up. We're going to talk about that later in the show as well. Um, I think 2023 offseason, there's rumors that it could be agreed upon as soon as December of this year. But we all know that's coming up and we all know that it's screwed us over multiple times. And we all know that, you know, the Thunder are going to do everything they can not to be screwed by that again. So I think that in so many words, Presti made it known that, like, you know, we have a plan, like we have a vision. And, you know, obviously Shay's on board. Shay hasn't Shay or nobody has expressed any displeasure or any desire to be out or 
and there's no other reason other than them being, you know, having displeasure that we would ever send them out, that they would not be a part of this rebuild and be on this team when we're competing again. And I think what he's saying is the outside force of the CBA, not being able to keep your, all your players together. Um, you know, I, I think that he was kind of throwing a shade at that. Um, did you, did you catch on to that cone? Am I way off base here? What do you think? Nah, I think you're right. We've, we've really run into a lot of trouble um, with the CBA and a lot of different, like just kind of league happenings. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished writing like a, um, I'm, I'm basically working on one of my YouTube videos I'm working on that I want to get done before the season starts, but it's a huge project is I'm making like a complete history of the thunder video, basically um, nice. going through and talking about how I think we're cursed is I think is kind of the, the thesis of the video is that the Oklahoma city thunder are cursed and I'm going to tell everyone why. Um, and it has been insane. Some of the stuff that has went wrong, went wrong for us in terms of, you know, injuries and just kind of bad luck, especially with league stuff like the cap spike in 2016, especially, of course, that was the year when the cap mm-hmm. spiked in a level we've never seen it spike before, allowing Kevin Durant to join the Golden State Warriors, creating like the craziest most talented team of all time, basically. Like, of course that happens to us. Of course we run into financial restrictions with like James Harden. It's just, we've run into a lot of problems in the past Mm -hmm. with the CBA. And yeah, I think, I think Presti has kind of been preparing for this. And I think that's part of why it almost seems like 2023 is a target year for us, both because, you know, the draft is stacked. Like that'll be the year like, well, we were supposed to have Chet for two years at that point, but Chet will have been on the roster for a full year at that point, like another year for Giddy, Dort, Shea, all these guys to kind of grow, stack draft class, and then the CBA, like figuring out what is that going to look like for the future so we do not get screwed again. I think that it makes a lot of sense to kind of make sure that you're in the good graces of whatever is going to be happening with that. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about, the Thunder had like this great team. And, you know, if this cap doesn't spike like that and the Golden State Warriors aren't vying for Kevin Durant, maybe he comes back and just stays on the team. You know, there was also the Celtics out there as a rumored destination. So maybe he still leaves. But like there would have been a much like that's a huge contender, the one that he picked out of the way. So it just, you know, it, it seems to always happen to us. Uh, but yeah, I, I think what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, and you laid it out much more beautifully than I could. I'm I'm still sleepy. Listen, whenever Chelsea <laughs> had COVID, like for whatever, like I had to sleep in the living room, and the couch was not comfy, and so, and so naturally I laid in the floor, and I, I didn't get much sleep that week. And you know, two weeks later, I'm still trying to catch up. So bear with me, guys. Um, no, I I feel my. See, for me, my sleep schedule is completely messed up because I've been up till like 4 a.m. the last few nights working on videos. So like this morning, I woke up at like 10 and I was like, I'm still tired. I'm gonna go back to sleep. And then I woke up and it was like 1.30 and I was like, what happened? So the uh, day go? exactly. Um, so right now we're on opposite schedule. So I'll just be awake right now. We can do a morning pod next time. You're you're wide awake. I'm half asleep. We'll we'll figure it out. There we go. I like it. All right, let's do the snake <laughs> style. So I, I'm going to take another uh, single large item here um, as soon as I remember what I was going to say. For. <laughs> okay, no, I, I, I liked what he said about Chet again. You know, obviously he had an entire press conference talking about Chet. Um, but he, whenever he talked about kind of the fallout of the injury in terms of Chet, 
he just kind of said it would be benefit. Like, you know, he thinks that it's going to end up being beneficial for Chad, but he didn't really go into detail why. In this press conference, he talked about, you know, basically all the things that we had kind of speculated he meant. You know, it's a chance for him to get to, you know, obviously be around the game, kind of get to experience and analyze the speed of the game. Um, obviously work on his body, um, but, you know, be with his teammates, be with these veterans and these coaches and really like just take a year and be a student of the game. You know, I I was thinking the other day how like, you know, you've had all these other players that have missed significant time in the beginning of their careers and how when they're finally able to step on the court, they hit the ground, like not even just running, like sprinting. Like you think about Ben Simmons after missing his entire first year like he hit the ground like crazy Blake Griffin same thing Los Angeles Clippers he missed his entire first season came back I think he won rookie of the year um Michael Porter Jr. hit the ground running in terms of like being an offensive super or not I don't want to say superstar but offensive like engine yeah. um alongside Nikola Jokic I Embiid you know it was a little bit more than one year, but you know, he, he I mean, he won, when he finally came back, he almost won rookie of the year and played like 30, he played like 30 games and they were like, mm-hmm. they almost gave him rookie of the year. That's how good he was. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a precedent for, you know, guys sitting out and just, you know, really just prepare, like it, it's kind of just like a super long off season. If you really think about it, you know, and you know, we talk about how these guys haven't had a full off season until this season for like the past couple of years. And Chet is having, you know, and, and like guys in the draft don't even really have an off season because they have so much going on in terms of like draft prep uh, workouts for, for teams and, you know, all the festivities and sponsorships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is really a chance for Chet to, like, get in there and work on his bag. Obviously, you know, he's on the scooter, so he's not going to be able to do um, a lot of work on the court. But in terms of, like, really, like, fine-tuning that form, like, I mean, you could do that sitting in a chair. And I, I have no doubt that he's working with our guy Chip England, uh, who also mm-hmm. got a shout-out from Sam Presti in the press conference. So, uh, yeah, I'm – I, I like that he was able to kind of lay out a roadmap for what he expects is is going to help, what he expects to be beneficial for Chet Holmgren uh, mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, and something that comes from Chet himself that's been super um, encouraging is he tweets out like every single day, like this many days until I get to play basketball or like thinking about basketball or like I can't wait to get back out on the court, like – he clearly loves the game. And so I'm not worried at all, personally. Um, honestly, the biggest blow is that he just doesn't get to play basketball for a while, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I'm sure that's killing him because I know it'd be killing me. And, you know, it's like this was his dream, getting to the NBA and stuff. But, you know, at first I was like, oh, my gosh, like, could this be a problem for him long term? I'm not worried anymore. You know, Presti, like you said, did a good job of reassuring, giving him some time to train, work. There's precedent for players that sit out their whole rookie season and come back, like you said, as absolute monsters when they do. Uh, so I think he's going to be really good. It also gives more time for you know the other guys on the roster to gel. I think Chet will be kind of a seamless fit. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's not a guy who really needs the ball in his hands. It's not like like I think it would have been a lot worse if it was like in terms of you know trying to figure out how things are going to work if it was like giddy last season you know ends up getting hurt and he misses the full year and then you know it's like oh what is this like secondary ball handler like what are he and Shea going to look like 
when Chet comes back next year, I think he's going to be a perfect fit. I think it's going to fit seamlessly. You know, we'll see who else we added in the draft alongside him. Hopefully it's Victor. Um, Because now I've been dreaming about a a Shea, Giddy, Dort, Chet, Victor lineup is insane to me. Um, It's been something I can't stop thinking about. Uh, But yeah, so I think, I really think Chet's going to be fine. I think he's going to come back, slot in perfectly, and I just can't wait to see him hoop again. So uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I feel pretty good about him coming back and I I'm hundred percent certain that he's really going to put in a lot of work, you know, both while he's in the wheelchair. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just walking around dribbling a basketball all the time when he's not able to walk, he's just dribbling it like off on the side as he kind of goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, we, and what I think is like really important, you know, you talk about like his desire to be out there on the court, but he's really like, you know, still getting out there with his teammates. Like, um, I, you know, we've seen on Instagram, like he's still spending time with his teammates. Obviously he's doing the Thunder Cares events. He was at, uh, the scissor tail park, uh, court opening today with Ludor, mm-hmm. uh, Lindy waters. Uh, there might've been other players there. I, I didn't see any on, on the socials, but you know, he's out there, he's out in the community. He's out, you know, being a face for the franchise, um, off the court, you know, while he can't be on the court. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that's going to also go a long way and also, you know, just building the chemistry uh, with the guys. So, yeah, very, very excited. You know, obviously we're bummed to see Chet not get to play this year, but very Super excited bummed. to see how he's going to, you know, kind of take this uh, this tragedy and turn it into a triumph. So, um, it was it's just the fact that all year he was the player I wanted all year <laughs> and before he plays a single game in the uniform, bro, that, that I was, I was ready to start like the tweets I have in the drafts still are absurd. The tweets I was going to start recklessly throwing out there. The second check got like his first basket, man, timeline's going to have to wait a year to see those. Now it's going to have him in the chamber. He was ready. I, bro, I was ready. I was going to call Chet the greatest player of all time. The second he hit his first basket again, I know you were, man, you, you, you know me, you knew what I was going to do. Um, that's all right. It'll be fun to watch him and Victor compete for rookie of the year on the same team. It'll be fun. I wonder yeah. if the, I try, I think I brought this up on a different pod. I don't know. If, and I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. I don't know if that's ever happened where the top two rookie of the year finishers have ever been. Well, actually Embiid and Sarich. Now that I think about it, Embiid and Dario Sarich were on the same team Dario and they Sarich. both finished top three. They didn't finish. They finished two and three because Brogdon won. But I wonder if there's ever been a one and two finish. Regardless, just kind of fun to think about. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, that was a deep cut pulling Darius Arch, but your brother is a Sixers fan, so I get <laughs> it. Um, all right, Cone, uh, back to you, man. Uh, what's your next single large item for this? Uh, I gotta, I gotta stop saying post post game press conference. For this preseason press conference. Man, it was, man, my brain's all over the place. It was going to be that quote that I was going to look up and I tried to look it up and couldn't find it and then gave up and now I forgot about it. Um, What what, what was the quote? Um, I don't remember what it was. I'll I'll just go with something else until it comes to my head eventually. Um, You know, we we do things on the fly here. (laughs) Um, I guess just kind of kind of his continue I guess kind of his continued preaching of patience but also talking about how he almost seemed like he he was almost like I wouldn't be surprised if we were better than people think this upcoming year mm-hmm. um which people are going to say but 
I feel like most times in his press conferences, Presti has been like, you know, it's a long process. Like it's all about the process and the journey and basically implying like we're, we know we're going to suck kind of thing. Um, but he said, he said his quote, I think was like, you know, it was something about burn. It was like, burn your assumptions or like throw away your predictions. Oh, burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was, that might should be I the think quote. That's what it said. I think yeah. that was the quote. Okay. I'm combining my two here. This was what I was going for the whole time. Um, <laughs> I planned this. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like throw away your predictions, burn your assumptions or something like that. Um, he's like, we're going to punch above our weight this year. And I don't think he's wrong necessarily. I think, it, we, you know, we would have been better with Chet. Uh, but I do think we're going to be better than people give us credit for this upcoming season. And it was just cool to see Presti kind of echo that and show that confidence in the team and be like, yeah, I like, it almost just felt like, it almost felt like he was proud of like, he's like, I did this. This is the team I put together um, kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, you kind of touched on it. He said that um, this team at the start of the year is going to be better than the team was at the start of last year. And just as he imagines that the team towards the end of the year is going to be better than the team towards the end of the year last year. So, yeah, he's saying that we're, we're taking steps and, you know, we're accumulating talent so much so that he said, I believe we're going to be cutting actual NBA players from our roster just because we, we don't have room for them. Yeah. You know, you can only roster so many people. And he's like, you know, those guys can go on and have great careers, but like, that's, you know, that's what, that's where we're at right now. That's the type of roster that we've, we've accumulated but mm-hmm. you know you, you kind of talked about he's preaching patience but i like the i like how he came out and said you know we're gonna kind of let the team go come out and um not uh not uh, declare themselves uh, not identify themselves declare themselves you know kind of let them go out and see what they can do you know because and, and i think he gave the example of chris paul's team how you know there was all these expectations, you know, the 0.2% of making the playoffs, this, that, and another. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, we, we was competing for the four seed mm-hmm. uh, there at the end of the regular season when everything was shut down. So I think that, you know, Presti, like I said, he's going to give the team a chance to kind of declare, declare themselves and see where it goes from there. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be disillusioned and say that we're going to make the playoffs this year, especially without Chet. Um, you know, just because as we've laid out many times, like there's a lot of good teams in the West. It (laughs) is so many. I don't, I don't even know who's going to make the play in, never mind the playoffs. Like, yeah. 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 I I think it's safe to say that us, the Rockets and the Jazz are going to be, uh, in in the bottom of the Western conference. The Spurs too. Spurs as well. Yes. Yes. And, and we might even be at the top of that group. Like, you never know. But that's mm-hmm. that's still outside looking in in terms of playoffs. Like, that's like the 11, the 11 seed in the Western Conference. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But I I do look forward to him, you know, the team getting a chance to declare themselves. And I kind of just hope these dudes get a run, man. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a running joke with, you know, casual NBA fans. Like, you know, let Shea play more than – 35 games, 45 games, whatever, like, you know, stop shutting him down. And I agree with him. Like, I don't, I want to watch Shea play basketball. Like, he's so much fun to watch. And, you know, at this point, you know, like I said, with the strength (laughs) of the conference and kind of how I expect the team to perform, especially 
how it's designed, like we we still don't have a big man. Like we had a hole last year because we had our eyes on Chet Holmgren. You know, it, it was by design. Like, you know, that was how he was tanking and we played that hole. And now the hole's gone. We also lost Isaiah Roby. So we're going to be extremely undersized with Jeremy or not, not Jeremy, Jeremy High Robinson <laughs> Earl, or we're going to be extremely outmatched with having, you know, having to play Derek Favors multiple games, moves in spot minutes. Like it's, it's going to be rough at that spot. So I still think that we're kind of designed, you know, not necessarily to tank, but not to win games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, like it, it'll be awesome to make the play in like don't get me wrong and uh one of my single large items was you know kind of pressed you talking about how uh they was going to a pearl jam concert him and his family <laughs> and people on the street was just like hey thunder up like go big uh, i think he said i think he said go big blue and i was like is this a kentucky fan we're talking about but you know like you know these guys like bleed thunder blue is something he said and he was just thinking of himself like i can't wait for when these fans get to see this team in the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's this year. Like, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, yeah. But, you know, at, at the same time, like, you know, I, I want to see these guys compete. I want to see them go out there. You know, it, it goes back to uh, when I was on a podcast the year after Chris Paul was traded or I guess the year Chris Paul was traded, and it was like, what's an ideal season for the Thunder? And I said, lose every game by one point. <laughs> and yeah. he literally spit his water out. That would have been the greatest season of all time. That would have been <laughs> – like like people talk about like, oh, Sam Presti or like like this team, that team's like a master of tanking. Would have legitimately been the perfect tanking season. Yeah. And, and but like you know, if you're like losing every game by one point, like you're in the thick of it, like you know, you're you're getting that, these clutch moments and everything. The question is, I know they're losing every game, but would that not be like like theoretically, that's like a really good team if you play every single game and you lose by just one point? Exactly. That's exactly. like a really good team. That's the worst clutch team of all time. So yeah, I, I would have been with it. Yeah, I mean, it's not possible because, you know, Shea's one of the clutchest players in the NBA at this point. Exactly. So. We have Dort, who scored like 17 in an overtime. It's, yeah. it's just not possible, unfortunate. But, yeah. Know. But, you know, I mean, it's uh, – I'm looking forward to seeing this team play. But, um, you know, kind of also touching on something else Presley said, like when this team makes the playoffs, it's not going to be because of a single season. Like it's not just going to be because of what happens this season. It's going to be accumulation of – you know, not even just the rebuild. You know, he touched on the playoff run that Shea, Dort, and Basley were a part of uh, with, you know, the Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams team. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I liked what he had to say, man. Uh, he, he had a lot of a lot of other nuggets. Uh, did you have anything, any other nuggets you wanted to drop uh, from the Presti preseason press conference? <laughs> um, nothing particular in terms of, like, quotes and stuff. Um, I think that I kind of guess – touch a little bit on what you were saying um yeah every time i watch a team raise a championship trophy i'm like like i cannot imagine the euphoria i'd feel if that was us like it would just be like one of the great maybe might even be the greatest night of my life the moment we lift that championship trophy i'm i wouldn't stop i wouldn't shut up about it for weeks actually years um but yeah it's just you know, a lot of what he said, I think, like, we echo his fate. Like, yeah, I can't wait to see this team in the playoffs. 
it is tough to be patient in a rebuild because you know like we want to see that success that's the whole team whole reason we're fans is because we want to see this team succeed and you know it's it's hard to not see the team succeed for so long and you know you're like oh like what's the game plan like how are we going to get there and stuff like that and you kind of just got to trust the process Sixers fans coined that one um but I think it's I think it's really like it's true is just how you've kind of got to stick with it and I think part of all of the pain and suffering that we've been through as Thunder fans, all the heartbreak, the very close moments, um, I think eventually when we do win that championship, and I'm confident in this core, I think they'll win a championship at some point down the line. I think Presti's got us covered. You know, what if like whether it's you know in a few years or like five years down the line, it'll be incredible, and you know we'll have been here through the whole time. So um, actually. In a similar vein, I want to tell a story that I put on Twitter, but I didn't tell in the pod before. Um, I was at a Nike store up here in New York City with my girlfriend, um, looking for shoes, and oh, yeah, she found it. Yeah. yeah, she found a pair of running shoes that she wanted, and so we went to go check out. And I was wearing a like my city edition uh, white Shea shirt that I got at the um, Thunder Shop in Oklahoma City when I went to my first game there in January. And he saw it and he pointed to it and goes, "You." He goes you're an OKC fan still? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, props. Or like, he's like, respect, dude. And yeah. I was like, man, wait a few years, bro. Just wait. It's going to be, you know. <laughs> which yeah. which one was, it was unnecessary that he brought that one out. <laughs> um, I respect I respect the props that he gave me. But yeah, it's just, it's going to be good, man. I think a lot of people have been kind of you know obviously really down the thunder but we've gotten a lot of disrespect over these past couple years i would love if this team just came out and shut a lot of people up made the play-in tournament it would hurt our draft pick whatever at this point um but at the same time i don't expect much out of us i just you know i'm ready to see the young guys hoop and we're so close we're just three and a half weeks away at this point yeah absolutely man yeah that that sounds like me uh whenever the kevin durant decision happened uh, I was at I was at church camp. Uh, I was working at church camp, and so I already had all my clothes there and everything. And I was just like, "This feels like a good good day to wear this." And I wore my uh, Russell Westbrook the the navy vertical OKC uh, jersey Ooh, shirt. That's a good one. And everybody was like, "I see what you did there." I'm like, "Yes, sir." Got to rep the Brody. So that's what um, you got to do, man. Yeah, man. No, when when the championship happens, like you know, like. I'm not going to front like finals tickets, probably not going to be able to swing that. But when, when we win the fourth game in the finals, hopping on a plane that night. Yeah. To go to OKC. We're getting that parade going. There was nothing that could prevent me from being at that parade. Nothing in this entire world. It's like, I'm calling in like Chelsea, you know, get, get a nurse to watch Nova. Like, you know, like it's happening. Like, (laughs) one way or another it's happening but um kind of last thing i wanted to touch on you know talking about how the thunder are gonna finish and i just want to say like you know with chet being hurt missing the season shay missing at least you know part of the beginning of the season and as strong as the western conference is and as strong as this draft class is Mm -hmm. i think it would be borderline irresponsible not to put yourself in a position to get a high pick in this draft. And I know it's a lottery and I know we lucked out last year and we got screwed the year before 
And, you know, how many times do you want to, you know, play Russian roulette with the lottery? Like, I get all that. 100% I get all that. But I think this is like our last legitimate chance <laughs> at like a high lottery pick with our own pick, like a pick that we can control kind of where it is, like what range it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, as loaded as this class is, I think it would be irresponsible not to put yourself in position to where you're not taking who's left of a tier of a group that you want. You're picking who you want out of a certain tier. So, um, because, you know, if you can get somebody and, you know, we're going to talk prospects here in a little bit uh, at the, uh, towards the end of the show, like if you can get somebody that like really fits into what you're trying to do, like if you can get like a legitimate three and D wing with some, like a little bit of self-creation, like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Victor, it's, yeah, it's going to be crazy. One. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Victor. Um, always comes back to Victor. It always does. I want to say that um, that one line you just had um, about, like, the the player that you want out of a tier, not a player left over from the tier, very Presti-esque. I want to give you that one. Because that yes. was – that that sounded straight out of, like, a Presti press conference where – He's like, like talking about Chet. He's like, you know, like we got lucky in the lottery and we got lucky that we were able to take the player we wanted, not the player that was left. Like that, I can hear it in his voice, man. It, clearly, you watched the press conference. <laughs> I, I I didn't get a watch because I was driving, but I had the Facebook app open on my phone, <laughs> listening in my headphones. So that that was that was the dedication I was working with. I, I do remember one more thing he said that I wanted to cover. I know we've tried to close out the the preseason press conference a million times at this point, but he was talking <laughs> about um, you know kind of how long it's going to take and how everybody has their own opinion. And he used a illustration that I thought was like ingenious. And he was basically like, if I told you not to use your phone and tell me how long or how many miles you think it is from here to Philadelphia. We would all have different answers and we'd all probably be wrong. And, you know, he talked about how, you know, when you go on a trip and you are like going (laughs) to a destination, you know, you get impatient sitting in the back seat and you start to ask, are you there yet? And, you know, if you remember at the end of the season, after the postgame press conference, I wrote an article called, are we there yet? You know, talking about how, you know, some of the (laughs) players seemed like they were gunning for the playoffs this year. And, you know, it, it was kind of cool to see Presti kind of invoke the same thing that I wrote about, but uh, I, I thought it was really insightful talking about how like everybody has different answers, you know, different pathways to what they think is success. But, you know, kind of using another thing Presti said many times at the press conference, we really just don't know. Like we're trying to put ourselves in the best position. We're trying to give ourselves as many chances um, to put ourselves on the path of success, but, at the end of the day, we don't know. So, mm. yeah, I, I I appreciated that. And, you know, something else he said, uh, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> something <laughs> else he said, you know, uh, I think uh, somebody asked how you would compare yourself from your first press conference to, you know, now, um, like whenever, you, you know, the team first came mm-hmm. to Oklahoma City. And he talked about the uh, kind of like the, the ignorance that he had. And, he basically like he was trying to say this, but he never got around to it. You don't know what you don't know. And, mm-hmm. you know, Presti's been in this game and he's, you know, he's kind of learned, you know, the ebbs and flows. 
highs and lows, the Harden trades and the uh, and the Paul George trades. Like, you know, he he's been in this game. He kind of knows how how it's going. You know, he's seen the CBA screw us over before. So, I think that you know Presti's doing a good job of putting the pieces into place. Uh, that way, once he finally sees, you know, what we need, once he finally sees what the CBA is going to dictate, we can move those pieces into place once again to really push ourselves up the mountain. So, very excited about that. Yeah, the uh, next offseason is going to be a really fun one, I have a feeling. Yeah. Uh, uh, literally, the last thing I have to say, and then we're going to a mid-roll, and then we're going to talk about something else. It wasn't even this press conference. It was the... Uh, the chat press conference, mm-hmm. but Presti said, you know, uh, I, I'm going to say some things. Then after that, we can, I will answer any question you have until we're talking about what books I'm reading. And I just, I, I was just, <laughs> I thought about like Jerry, like being the guy that would do this. Um, it's just like, everybody asks their questions. And then Jerry's like, he really takes the, any question to heart. And he's like, uh, yeah, Sam, um, you know, back in uh, 2012, uh, you, you traded James Harden to the Houston Rockets. Um, how do you feel about that now? <laughs> I would I would just love to hear, like, you know, somebody be like, I mean, you said ask anything, so, like, you know, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> Man, we need to get Jerry out there. Uh, he was at Media Day... Um, I think it was the last Russ year and he, and he was getting questions out. Jerry was being a volume shooter at the media day. That's and what I, you got to do. I was there for it. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So I don't know if Alex is going to be able to go uh, Monday or not. I know that they, they are allowing media there, but uh, Alex was supposed to podcast with us today, um, but he's feeling under the weather. Um, I think he's taking a COVID test. Hopefully, Everything's good there, and uh, you know he's he's feeling better. So, uh, with that being said, that completely out of, out of place declaration of Alex's health. Uh, we're gonna the, hear a, the a people word want to our, know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna hear a word from our sponsors, and on the other side, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit draft prospects before we close this thing out. So, uh, without further ado, word from our sponsors. Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment to give us a word from absolutely nobody. Well actually giving you a word from us because as i mentioned in the pod last week we do have merch um this is a podcast exclusive because as of this recording i haven't put out any tweets about it so for your exclusive chance to get our merch go to shop.believe.com and search okc that is if you want less of a player driven shirt uh, that's got a nice little uh, graphic of the cityscape and it has Oklahoma City it's a very clean shirt or if you want something a little bit more loud you want something with that's a little bit more player driven you can go to bonfire.com slash store slash topic dash thunder now on that we've got shirts supporting the Jane gang we got shirts supporting Chet Holmgren of course we got all the awesome Shea shirts and of course, uh, we could throw it back. We've got the Thunder Nation shirt. We got I just want a hoop back in the Chris Paul era, and we've got the classic, the one that you need for this rebuild. Trust the Presti. So head on over to either one of those websites. That is bonfire.com/store/topic-thunder, or shop.believe.com and search OKC. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the pot. 
And we're back from a word from our sponsors. Um, I just said what he was going to do. Oh, talk prospects. All right, so Cone, <laughs> uh, you know, season is coming upon us. Uh, the college season is coming upon us. Uh, international play is already happening. I think OTE just announced uh, kind of their schedule and their slate of games. Let me just say, there's a lot of exciting matchups happening in the mm-hmm. overtime elite league this year. So uh, that could be huge for that league. Um, I'm just, I just want to take the time really quick to, you know, for us to kind of highlight. Uh, we'll, we'll just do one guy for now because, you know, we got a lot. We got a lot of games coming up to evaluate, and there's a lot of prospects in this class. Like I said, it's loaded. So, uh, Conan, I'm, I'm gonna let you start. Um, if you say Victor Wembanyama, I'm gonna roll my eyes because it's easy. But you know, if, if you want to go with Victor Wembanyama, go ahead. All right, so let's talk about Victor Wembanyama. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I can talk about someone else too afterwards, but That's I just fun. wanted to real quick. He's been killing it. Um, obviously looked at by most people as the number one guy in this draft class for good reason. He's what, seven, three, seven, four. And yeah. he play he plays like a guard pretty much while also being an incredible defender. He has um, almost an eight foot wingspan. I don't think people realize that. That's it's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's, I can't imagine like being, if I was two feet taller and that's how long his arms are, that's absurd. Yeah. Like that, that's so crazy to me. I can't. How long is uh, J Dub's wingspan again? Is it like seven two? Yeah, seven two. Yeah, and his arms are crazy. Like that's ten inches long, or no? That's yeah, yeah, ten inches longer. Mm-hmm. Um, completely forgot how measurements worked. But yeah, it's <laughs> math like, hard sometimes. It's really difficult, man. I don't. I, not a big math guy. Uh, but yeah, it's just the stuff that he's able to do on the court. It feels like I'm watching <clears throat> a two K like created player. Like if you've ever went in 2K and just created like this demigod type player, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like it should be possible. It looks like a glitch in 2K that lets you create a player like that. It's just, it's incredible to watch him play. Even if he doesn't end up in OKC, he's the guy I'm rooting for. And I mean, I think he has the potential to be a generational type player. Like, and I just keep thinking about a front court of him and Chet next to each other. It would just be like creating like almost like somehow creating a better version of what Cleveland created with the Mobley and Allen connection, what they have over there, except now you've got Chet Holmgren, who's a second overall pick, you know, you can compare him to Mobley or whatever. And then you have Victor Wembanyama, who is looked at by most people as a generational prospect. He mm-hmm. can stretch the floor. He can handle the ball, block shots at the rim, like the defensive potential of a team that has Dort, you know, Chet and Victor Wembanyama, as well as a guy like J-Dub with his wingspan, you know, Shea's shown some ability here and there to guard up when he puts in the work. And it, I just can't stop thinking about that type of connection. So, of course, you know, you know me, I'm going to talk about him because he's been killing it recently. Um, you know, people are going to talk about like, oh, you know, like his numbers aren't, it's not like he's putting up like 40 points a game or something. Like some people are like, oh, he's only putting up these stats when he's putting up similar stats in terms of like raw output to like what Luca would do. And people were like with Luca, they're like, oh, he's not putting up like this many stats in like this overseas league. How good will he be in the NBA? And then he comes over and averages immediately over 20 points per game. And he's like, oh, scoring in this league's kind of easy. So like it's, it's just crazy, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, obviously Victor, and then um, you know another prospect that just I'm gonna take like the top two guys. I'm gonna go Scoot Henderson too, because <laughs> um, I'm lazy. 
I could talk about bit. the top. I could talk about the Thompson twins. I'll let you get off some names, a name from Kentucky or two. Um, but yes. uh, <laughs> I know where you're going with it. Um, but yeah, Scoot Henderson, uh, just another player to take a look at. A little bit tougher in our case because he's a guard. And obviously, you know, we've got Shea. We've got Giddy already as guards. We've got Trey Mann. We've got Dort. Um, J-Dub, he's kind of more of like a two, three, or maybe even four in some small ball lineups if we really want to push it. Um, so we do have some pretty good guard type players. Uh, I don't think Teo Maladon is going to be long for this roster. I think he gets cut. So that does open up a spot, but if we end up at that second overall pick and you know, it continues the way it is and Scoot Henderson's available, I'd be very interested to see what we do. Uh, do we go with him? Cause you know, in the NBA, you should go best player available at all times. Mm. Um, we've seen teams try and pick for fit before, and that's how you get Anthony Bennett situation in Cleveland. Um, but yeah, so I don't really know which way we'll go, but Scoot is just an incredible, like he's going to make his own case to be first overall in this draft, I think. I think Victor ends up going first just because I don't see a team passing up on him, but I think Scoot's going to be a guy that's going to make a case for himself too. Um, playing for the G League Ignite, they have like a full schedule this upcoming year. He's just, he's incredible. Like the stuff that he was already doing last year, he's now going to have a full another year because he was tearing things up last year and then he just wasn't eligible to be drafted because of draft rules that currently exist which we can talk about coming up soon might change um but just like what he was already doing against high level competition he's gonna have another year now under his belt um athletic he can basically do everything at the guard position um between him and victor just even if it was just those two in this draft class like it would be looked at as a really really like highly touted draft class never mind all like the billion of great players that are in this too that i'm sure you're going to get into some of them now yeah and you know just kind of touching on both guys there um that sounded really weird when i said that um victor Wimbanyama, um you know he played today in, in an international game and uh shout out shay media um you know matt I, I know he listens to the show but he was he was watching the game and he was kind of tweeting and you know Matt's not like a scout or anything but um, he does understand the game of basketball and something that he tweeted and he said uh, Wembenyama is a menace in drop coverage because not only is he watching the roll man as the big but he's watching the like he's he's guarding the ball handler as well like that's mm-hmm. that's the type of versatility you're getting out of this guy on the defensive end like that's that's ridiculous dude. <laughs> And like this is international play. This isn't college. Like this isn't like the beginning of a college season when you know you're like starting to try to showcase a player. Like this is teams that are like legitimately trying to win. Like mm. I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna pretend like I know a lot about international basketball, but like soccer, for instance. Like there's leagues. Like when your team does so bad, you get relegated to a lower league. Like I'm not saying that happens in basketball, but like that's that's how like, you know, the European leagues like really treat, you know, sports in general, like that, that's how serious it is to them. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I'm very intrigued by Victor. Uh, I, I want to see more of the offensive flashes, you know, we've kind of built him as this three point shooter and he definitely has that ability, but he hasn't really shown the percentage uh, thus far in terms of like season long. So I, I'm going to keep my eye on that. Um, but then again, you know, as, as we've seen many times, uh, sometimes the percentage doesn't always tell the story, you know, just kind of, kind of look at the eye test and 
the artist says it's a guy that's almost eight foot tall shooting threes. So that's uh, that, that's what I got to say about that. And Scoot, um, I haven't really got to dive into a lot of Scoot. I've seen a lot of highlights and obviously like the, the pop, the burst, like it's definitely there. See a little bit of passing and, um, you know, pull up shooting potential. Um, just, just the thing that sticks out to me about Scoot is the fact that all these highlights that we're seeing from Scoot was when he was 17 years old. <laughs> and it's in a professional league of, for the G League Ignite. Like this guy's 17 years old. He's still growing. He's, you know, obviously he's getting older. Everybody's getting older, but like he's still learning the game. Like he's only going to get better. And uh, I mean, he's got an awesome name too. Like Scoot's such an awesome name. So yeah, I, I like Scoot as well. Um, the first person I'm going to take, low hanging fruit, you know, wrapping them on my shirt. I uh, got to get a UK player out of the chamber here. So we're going to go Kaysom Wallace. And I don't necessarily think that the Thunder will target Case Wallace, kind of like with uh, Scoot Henderson as well, because mm-hmm. he is a guard. Uh, he's about 6'4", six, 6'5". He's got pretty good wingspan, but the defining characteristic about Case from Wallace is uh, <laughs> I was listening to No Seamless podcast today, and Tyler Rucker was talking about him. He said this guy is an a white, a complete a hole on defense. You know, we played these exhibition games in the Bahamas against some uh, professional teams overseas, and you know, this is exhibition, mind you. Case mm-hmm. Wallace is picking up dudes 94 feet. Like he he doesn't care. Like he's that kind of dog. He's got that kind of motor. He's dog showing them. Yeah. Championship teams. That's what we need. We need dog. Absolutely. And offensively, you know, his game's still developing. Like he's he's super athletic. Like he's trying to dunk on your head. Um, he's shown the ability to shoot. You know, we're jury's kind of out on if he's gonna be a knockdown shooter at the next level or even at this level. Um, he's going to be playing off ball a lot because for whatever reason, Sevier Willer is still the point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, can't, can't explain it, but you know, here we are. Um, so he's definitely going to be doing more off ball this year than you know he did in his high school. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, there's a lot of flashes offensively, but defensively, like he could be the best defensive prospect in this class. And if you look at guys like Jairus Walker, Keontae George, um, Cam Whitmore, obviously Victor Wembanyama, like that's that's really saying something. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Case in play, and uh, you know hopefully hopefully he doesn't let me down. But if I'm going <laughs> if I'm going with somebody that's not a Kentucky player, there's a couple routes I can go. Um, Cam Whitmore is definitely the sexy name if you're talking mm-hmm. outside of Victor Wimanyama, Scoot, or even the Thompson Twins for a lot of people. And I like Whitmore's game. The only question mark I really have for him is shooting. And, you know, I, I definitely want to monitor that as the year goes on. If Cam Whitmore adds, like, a consistent three-point shot, like, he could challenge Scoot at the number two pit, depending on mm-hmm. what Scoot does in this season in G League Ignite. But... You know, Jerry kind of remains out. I think he shot 35% in FIBA play this year uh, in the summer, but like he was just completely dominating guys, just physically imposing his will on dudes. So he's going to be great at Villanova. But ironically, the guy that, you know, at this very early stage in the preseason that I've kind of highlighted that I think uh, I want on this team is Derek Whitehead out of Duke. 
and he's a I think he's six seven, six foot eight, maybe mm-hmm. even six foot nine. Like he's a wing. Um, can absolutely do it all on defense, like just locking dudes up. Um, and he's really shown the ability <clears throat> in a senior year. He's just taken this huge step in terms of like shot making, you know, from being a guy that, you know, it's kind of relied on his athleticism to like almost overnight, just developing like, you know, like stop and pop, like step back, snatch back, like double crossover, pull up, like just, just a ridiculous bag in terms of shooting. So obviously, you know, they've got a stacked team at Duke this year. Um, I mean, strictly off freshmen, like it's throwback Kentucky team at Duke. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see how he meshes with the rest of, you know, the talented Duke roster. And if he's able to, you know, if he takes more of a backseat, if he's able to shine, but, you know, seeing a guy in that archetype, you know, like a six, eight wing that really gets after it defensively can knock down shots. Like I was saying, like a true three and D wing with some self-creation ability. Like if we had that, you know, what we have now, that's 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 a pretty that's a pretty good ad. Like I think we're really cooking at that point. So, uh, yeah. Ironically enough, I'm taking a Duke player as uh, the guy that I'm kind of looking at going into the year, and Derek Whitehead. So, became the player. It became the man you were swore you would destroy. <laughs> man, you were supposed to bring balance to the force. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I, I I think that's it for prospects. Um. We've been going about an hour, man. So uh, we can go ahead and wrap up, but I want to wrap up with a segment <coughs> we haven't done in a while, man. A little Shay and Nay action. So, um, Cone, you know, you haven't been on the podcast in a while. I haven't been on the podcast in a while either. You know, Alex had an awesome interview with uh, Mayor David Holt. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Dolan, I think, have been on the podcast the past couple times. So, you know, we haven't been on the podcast in a while. We haven't updated folks on anything in our life going on. So Shay and a man, what's your Shay and a for the week or past couple weeks? Uh, let's see, uh, for Shay. Um, I guess I'll just go with the YouTube channels doing pretty well. Um, making some content this, uh, podcast. Actually, I was just inspired to make a video about kind of what Sam Presti's plan is going forward. So now I think I'm going to make that over the next couple of days, which there you go. I feel like people need that. I feel like people kind of need to understand what we're doing. Um, so maybe I can finally get people's attention with that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, YouTube channel has just been kind of blowing up recently, which is dope. I'm excited for the season, making content and stuff like that, covering the thunder and the NBA in general, of course, but yeah, it's been a really good time. Um, did a live stream with bleacher report for the Donovan Mitchell trade. And, you know, it's, it's just been pretty good. Been a fun time being, uh, a guy who's creating some content basketball related and, you know, probably the biggest shade that was just the fact that the NBA is almost back and Thunder basketball in particular is so close. Preseason is really close. Uh, we're almost there. We've almost made it through, like I said at the beginning, what's felt like the longest offseason of all time. Uh, in terms of a nay, um, honestly, not too many nays right now. Kind of just doing all right. Um I mean, the Shea injury is, of course, a yeah. pretty solid name, but that feels like kind of a cop-out since we talked about it. Um, but, yeah, it's been going pretty well. Um, yeah, not too much I can complain. Probably the biggest nay right now is that I'm hungry, and I have to do a grocery run in the next couple of days because there's, like, no snacks in this apartment, and I'm hungry. So I'm. you might not see me again because I might just have to eat myself. 
Cone's gonna go to cannibalism, so uh, self cannibalism at that. So yeah, I, I um, yeah I kind of skipped a few steps there um, <laughs> on the progression to being a cannibal. Of course, um, yeah. No, I guess my shade day for the week. My nay is definitely you know just everything associated with Chelsea having COVID. I mean, it was mm. it's terrible for my back, laying in the floor. Um, it was terrible <laughs> for my sleeping patterns. Obviously, it's terrible for her, you know, being trapped in the room for days. Um, terrible for our bank account because I had to miss so much work. Like, literally, uh, we was off Monday for Labor Day. I went in for literally one stop the next day before I had to come home because we thought we had to take her to the emergency room. And then we took a COVID test and I was like, oh, crap, you got COVID. And I thought I had three vacation days left. I only had one. So I... <laughs> I got like $200 paycheck um, one day and, you know, obviously we got three kids, got a bunch of bills to pay. That's not going to do it. So yeah, I, we, we finally caught up. Like, you know, I, I got, I, I got full weeks in, we finally caught up and everything, but yeah, man, like that was, it was not pretty. You know, I, <laughs> I, I feel your pain on the groceries right now. I really do. Our, our cupboards man. are bare. So, um, and then uh, as far as Shay goes, um, you know, my buddy has uh, season tickets to the UK football team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've the last UK game I went to is actually when we beat Tennessee in, oh, what year is that? I want to say 2018. Mm. Uh, it was when we snapped the, the losing streak to Tennessee. Uh, it was at UK. And both of our starting quarterbacks were injured and we had to start a wide receiver at quarterback, but we still beat Tennessee. So that's how, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. That was the last time I was at a UK game and, you know, I was just kind of talking to him. I was like, man, I haven't been to a UK game in a while. You know, obviously our team's really good, but Hey, number eight in the nation right now, shout out. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to go to a game this year and, you know, they're his season tickets. So I'm not trying to say what game I want to go to. Like, I just want to go to a game. And um, he was like, yeah, we'll make that happen. And, you know, we've been talking back and forth. He's like, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take you to the Georgia game. And I was like, for real? <laughs> like, that's, that's going to be awesome because, you know, obviously Georgia's number one team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a couple tough games in the way before that. But even if we lose one, maybe even two of those, like that's still looking like a top, like two top 10 team matchup, like college game day, like the whole works, like, that stadium is going to be rocking. Um, you know, last year we had a chance to beat Georgia. It was at Georgia and we really like the momentum of the game went away after we didn't recover a fumble. Um, and so like, we're looking for revenge. We've got an NFL ready quarterback, Will Levis. Our defense is killing it. Like, I'm really excited. Like that's 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 my next big thing. I'm really excited for. Obviously, I'm really excited to go to OKC in January. But you know, this is coming up. I think November 19th. So mm-hmm. that that's my big show, man. You know, my not only my first UK game in almost five years, but that big of a game. Never yeah, been that, to that big of a game. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah, I've yeah, I don't think I've I've never been to a football game that big. The biggest thing for me going to UVA was like us playing like Virginia Tech and our big rivalry, and mm-hmm. um, when we beat them for the first time in a while, and uh, we we played ranked Miami at one point. The like the last time UVA has been ranked in so long, um, and we just barely squeaked in after beating Miami, and everyone rushed the field and. Uh, a couple of people tripped. And so I, my leg got caught in like the whole pile oh, no. of people. 
Uh, so I was just trying to run out into the field, but I was losing my shoe and I'm like, I can't leave my shoe behind. So I managed to yank it hard enough that the shoe came flying out and I had to chase it down the field and grab it and put it back on <laughs> before I could storm the field. So um, if you if you get the chance to storm the field, just, to, you know, give you a heads up. Yeah, t- tie my shoes super tight. <laughs> very, tie them very tight. And when people start falling, just like high knees it out of there and yep. you should be good. I like it. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't there when it happened, but uh, I think it was 2007. We upset like Louisville. I remember we beat LSU when they was number one. And uh, there was another team that we beat. But not only did we rush the field, but like they climbed up and like tore the goalposts down. Oh, my and God. <laughs> every time they did that, um, Kentucky got fined. So uh, after a while, they started – they had like I don't I don't know it was like collapsible goalposts. So like after the game, it, the goalposts just immediately came <laughs> down, so nobody would ever climb on them. So um, I, I'm look, you know, if it happens and we beat Georgia, it, it'd be funny to see if the goalposts come down. <laughs> yeah, um, only like crazy celebration story I have is when we won the national championship, which was my first year there. Um, yes, that's a big uh, that's a big thing. <laughs> It's a big thing. Um, of course, wasn't at the game or anything, but um, the day of the national championship that we won, I was actually kind of sick, so I really didn't get to celebrate because I felt like I was going to... Of course, I wake up the morning of the championship game and I have a stomach bug, um, but the, uh, the game that we won to go to the national championship game, I think it was um, against Auburn, we, uh, like, I ran to, like, the, the area of the... Um, like like right off of uh, the campus called uh, the corner. And it's basically like there's a bunch of bars and like restaurants and stuff there, but that's kind of where everyone ran to go celebrate. And there was an ambulance that was stopped and a bunch of people climbed up, climbed up on top of it and stuff <laughs> like that. And at one point I was standing up there and this guy comes up to me and he is holding a bottle of, I think it was like apple Ciroc. He's holding it and he goes, bro, can you hold this for me? I was like, yeah, sure. So I held it for him. And there was this bridge right over like where the ambulance was going. And he grabbed it and was climbing across like the bridge, like holding on, like trying to make his way across. And at the end, I like go back to give it to him. And he's like friends with like our starting quarterback. So I got to meet our starting quarterback because I held his friends, Apple Sorok, on the night that we um, went to the national championship game. So that was a fun time. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't like UK student or anything like that, so I didn't get to take part in any of these things. But anytime we have a huge win, there's a place called State Street uh, in downtown Lexington. That's where all the fans kind of congregate, and for whatever reason, they just they start setting couches on fire all over the place. I don't understand it. Couches are not cheap, guys. Like, I, yeah, I don't know why that's like a fire. go-to celebration thing. Like. I don't know where that I know the um when uh ODU Old Dominion University beat Virginia Tech. Um mm. uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago at this point. I have a couple of friends who go there and they posted videos of like couches burning in the streets. I'm like, why? Like who's <laughs> my biggest question is whose couch is that? Yeah, that is being burnt. Did they just like take their own couch and burn it? Is that like one of their roommates? And he's gonna be like, guys, where'd my couch go? And it's on fire, or like cinders in the streets, like I don't know. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. If you got to celebrate, you have a couch, you know, not looking to use it for sitting. I mean, 
Yeah, that's what's wild, man. Like, dudes will get drunk and like they're volunteering their couches. I'm like, bro, what what, what are you gonna do? You just gonna sit on the floor? You gonna Indian style it for like your parties and like when you're watching your movies and stuff? Like, come on now. <laughs> they're gonna be like you. They're gonna be sleeping on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, their backs gonna be messed up and their sleeping habits are gonna be screwed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just, let, and, just letting you know. <laughs> and that was a great way to circle it out. <laughs> absolutely that's how we do it around here but hey um don't appreciate you uh coming on and talking shop with me after i uh, fumbled the bag last night um appreciate your graciousness coming on again as always man it's good to get back on here it's been a little bit yep for sure man and uh you know contents can be coming man like you know media days monday training camp wow. right after that like that's monday already oh my gosh season's right around the corner Thank God. It's been too long. Absolutely, man. But hey, uh, you know, we're going to kind of start getting back in the swing of things. You know, we kind of got a little lackadaisical on our episodes, but we're going to be doing two episodes a week uh, from here on out. Starting, I think we'll be recording a Monday night after everything that happens on Media Day with our reactions for that. And, uh, you know, we'll also have a podcast on the weekend. Uh, We got some guests, you know, being lined up. to uh, kind of preview the season so definitely keep in tune for that but yeah we've uh we've got a lot of stuff uh coming down the pike um before we end the podcast i just wanted to say you guys know how close we are with uh moose mike muscala um and you know i'm sure everybody on twitter has seen bob muscala on twitter and interacted with him and uh bob's wife mike's mom uh, actually passed away today due to cancer so i just wanted to say that our thoughts and prayers are with the muscala family uh we're definitely sending our deepest condolences and if you haven't already um you know reach out to bob on twitter um i think it's at bob muscala uh, pretty simple at um but you know he tweeted about it just you know kind of send you know let it, letting them know that, you know, you're thinking about them, you're praying about their family, you know, and let them know that, you know, Thunder Nation's got their back. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, RIP to Mom Muscala. So with that being said, I uh, hope everybody has a great night. On behalf of myself and on behalf of Cone, hope you all have a great night. God bless. And hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder Up. Thunder Up. you yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.